Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 42. That's right, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. I've heard that. Don't know where that's from. Oh, so you haven't, like, seen or read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. Oh, wait. Hitchhiker's Guide. Is that the one with Chris Pratt in the movie? No. Then Grass Guardians of the Galaxy. Either way, didn't see. Yeah, ex- exactly. So only half of your hosts today have seen or read that, and that your hosts for today are Chris and Savannah, and she no longer has COVID. Exactly. Congratulations, Jay! You conquered it. I, I Yay! Think. Anybody who was watching the show last week on YouTube saw me coughing a lot. Well, the next day, uh, fun stuff. But I'm happy. Uh, I'm healthy, <laughs> and my throat is no longer scratchy. So yay! You take all the halls, all the fishermen's friend. Mm. <laughs> I was that one that was like, I am a superior being in my immune system. It shall not catch anything. And then like the summer, two years later, <laughs> it was like, yeah, we're going to pick her because she won't shut the hell up. So. Just a slight breeze knocks Ooh. you down. That's essentially it. Exactly. But I'm here but- and I'm happy. Exactly. Good. We're both happy, healthy. We're all good to go, I think. Anyways, yes, this is the Rate the Record podcast. So thank you very much for coming on by and checking out what we're doing today. We appreciate the company. And if you like what you see today, make sure you hit that like, subscribe, rate, comment, share, follow, all those great things to help build the musical community. You know, we've been doing it for a long time, still doing it. Like over on Spotify and Apple, make sure high ratings and positive reviews boost us up in the charts. And of course, YouTube like pummel that like and subscribe button or something violent just do something to the subscribe button because we're trying to hit 100 and once we hit 100 we're doing those record giveaways as we mentioned in the past i gotta keep mentioning because as of recording this we're not there yet so yes once we hit 100 uh one record giveaway per month for every month that we're over 100 subscribers so let's do it damn right and you know when you hit the like button it's a thumb right it's pointing up to the sky hitting the like button on this video brings you closer to heaven and say yep you're gonna get up there that's what it is and if you don't believe in any sort of religion it brings you to the clouds and clouds are nice uh, it go. brings you out to space and only the most esteemed astronauts and a couple billionaires can go up there so i mean you're in eh, you can travel further than jeff bezos that's all we need to know right now exactly there you go but yes this is the right to record podcast and so if you've been here before you know what we do on this show so welcome back we're glad to see some familiar faces out in the crowd we hope that you enjoy today's episode and what we have to say about it but if you are new here welcome to the podcast we hope you enjoy your stay we hope you have a lot of fun and we hope that you contribute to the community with your comments your likes your whatever you want to do because we love having you here. That also means you likely don't know what we do here. So each week, Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely of our own choice, whatever, random, blah, 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 whatever. Some, maybe it's celebrating a milestone anniversary, like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, whatever big anniversary you can think of. Or sometimes we do listener requests, like people like you submit albums for requests. We listen to them like we did last week. But regardless, we do choose an album, we discuss it at length, we rank the songs, and then we... Rate, rate the, the record. record there now you're not you're not being smart ass about it we actually got through it yeah i was thinking of recording my voice and putting a hell of a lot of echo on it to be like rate the record 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 but i thought about that about half hour ago so i mean well we'll wait till next week next week i'll have the soundboard too oh man that's like six or seven weeks in a row and you still don't have it you are a fluke no i'm poor is what i am i'm poor 
Well then, I, I stop paying cold- bills. Stop paying bills and just buy a fucking soundboard. <laughs> I I eat cold chunky soup from the can. Okay, out of the can. That's what gave you COVID for- in the first place. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah. it certainly did. Yeah, probably. But anyways, last week was a request album. We did Theory on Secret of the Runes. So once again, we do all that. So you can request albums over at rakedirector.ca. Make sure you do that because we'd love to hear your choices. But this week is my choice. And it's this big old scary face right here. Ah! It's Frank Zappa and his 1974 album Apostrophe. He really made a statement with the facial hair like that is a um like a trademark if i've ever seen one and i also got the mona frankie back there so i've had frank zappa (laughs) here this entire time but yes i actually own it on vinyl there you go it's actually one of my favorite zappa albums so lo and behold i go ahead and choose this one yeah we don't just go through your your record your record collection you're like we're gonna do this one and it's like some sort of frankie value but I just because you that. have the just because you have the record, you're like, yeah, sure, sure, we'll do it. I'm not gonna pretend like I haven't done that in the past. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, we're doing Frank Zappa today. We don't do a lot of like classic rock or older type albums and everything yeah. like that. So it's very interesting to jump into one like this. This album's like what, like what, 38, 48, something years old, probably 38 years old. Yeah. So no, geez, I don't even know math. 48 years old. Oh my god, it's almost 50. Yeah. Well, as you're going, you're like, the anniversary is 30, 40, 50. I'm sure at some point we're going to end up doing like a 60, 60th anniversary, just something from the 60s. Do like, like the Stones or the Beatles or something like that. We're going to we're gonna nail it on the head. Wild to think about. That long day. We might do it one day, but for now, yes, we are doing Frank Zappa. But before we go any further on that note, we should go ahead and read a little disclaimer that we'd like to do on here on the show, just to make sure that, you know, Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree, but we want to be, you know, cool about things. We don't have to be on the same page, but as long as we're not being dicks to each other and just enjoying the music, that's all that matters. And the disclaimer is... I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I thought I I I had to burp. Okay. 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 COVID's back. We're going to cut that. Okay. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode. We do not condone and will not tolerate. (laughs) Why did I look? look uh will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others this podcast is a casual and for fun project and you're welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt uh for any audio listeners chris put his uh vinyl right up to the camera and as i looked up i had frank zappa's uh dead eyes staring at me here's the asthma of frank zappa sniffing you <laughs> it's even Ew. funnier if you see it on video. Oh God! Subscribe on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and watch it a second time, please. Exactly. Alrighty then. Well, that's a disclaimer. So if we agree to be cool about things, then that means we can move on and talk a little bit yeah. about Frank Zappa in this album. But let me talk about Frank Zappa himself for just a moment, uh, because you know. Well, I'd like to give a little bit of information about the band or artists themselves. So Frank Vincent Zappa was born on December 21st, 1940 in Baltimore, Maryland. He, w- he was the frontman, guitarist, composer, and band leader of his own solo act, as well as the Mothers of Invention, that was on and off periodically between 1964 and 1975 until he went by his own name. 
He was the eldest of four children and lived close to Edgewood Arsenal, which is a facility to store medical chemical warfare weapons, because that's where his father worked. Uh, this impacted Zappa growing up, uh, as things such as germs, germ warfare, ailments, and military defense often appear as themes in his work. His father used to bring home... I don't even get this. His father used to bring him mercury-filled lab equipment to play with from his workplace. How did you even leave with that shit? Long, and fun fact, long-term exposure to mercury can lead to prostate cancer, which is what Zappa would pass away from on December 4th, 1993, oh, at the oh age god. of 52. Oh my god. Ta-da, surprise, connections. Ugh. Zappa would be a self-taught musician through high school, taking inspiration from classical music, rhythm and blues, jazz, and doo-wop. He would eventually go on to join the Mother's Invention in 1964, and he took off from there. His discography is massive, totaling 122 albums, like 50 to 60 of them being posthumous. Oh my god, that that's wild. But that's also, just releasing everything you've ever written, and I, wow. That and he just has like tremendous amounts of live albums because I think he records like every show he ever did. So yeah, that that would explain 122 albums worth of music, most of it just being live. So apostrophe, the one that we're looking at today is Frank Zappa's fifth solo album, but his 18th overall in his discography. It was released in March 1974. It was recorded at Electric Lady Studios in New York City, Bollocks Sound in Englewood, California, and Paramount Recording Studios in Hollywood, California. The front half of the album is loosely based on two things, a dream Zappa had about being an Eskimo named Nanook, which you'll hear plenty of soon, <laughs> and also a commercial he saw for Imperial Margarine. <laughs> Just writing about anything. Okay. The back half of the album mainly consists of various session recordings th throughout 1972. The album is one of Zappa's most commercially successful albums, gaining favor favorable reviews and a 4.5 out of 5 stars from All Music. It peaked at number 10 on the US Billboard 200. The album had many names in the personnel list, including, but not limited to, Bruce and Tom Fowler, George Duke, Jack Bruce of Cream, uh, Ainsley Dunbar, who has worked with many rock musicians throughout the decades, and even Tina Turner, who went uncredited because Ike Turner didn't like the music and if you know anything about Ike and Tina Turner he was a controlling motherfucker uh, he had no freedom while he was around so is yeah. he still is he still alive I think he is yeah she's uh, no she's still alive too she uh, is but I don't know I was thinking he, of Whitney Houston for a minute there yeah it's kind of same situation with that too eh? yeah ugh, that's disgusting um, the album officially spawned two singles, Cosmic Debris and Don't Eat the Yellow Snow, although most stations that play Don't Eat the Yellow Snow usually play it with Nanook Rubs It as well, which is the song that follows Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it took a couple of listens to realize that I was waiting halfway into the second track, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> I had to go back, because it just it flows so nicely. It just, yeah, blend, I think it's... I, it might have even been recorded as one long song. I can't be certain, but because like, yeah, like there's, it seems like there's no cutoff point between uh, yeah. Don't Eat the Yellow Snow down to Father Oblivion. Yeah. Then Cosmic Debris is the first like tra real transition from one song to the other type thing. Yeah. But I guess we'll uh, have to talk about that coming up because uh, now it is actually time to dive into the album itself. Yeah. So let's get this all kicked off. The first song that really is, it's one long song, but it's broken into four parts, in my opinion. So song yeah. number one, the single itself, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Okay, so my, like, I, I listen to some kooky music. Um, I just a little minor backstory for me and Frank Zappa. Um, I've never actually, like, sat down and listened to any of his albums or 
songs aside from what Montana, that song I've definitely heard before. And every time I would take a road trip with my dad, it'd be like 14, 16 hours and he would always drive. And as soon as he put on Frank Zappa, I'm like, well, he's listening to his music. I'm just going to fall asleep. And I never actually listened to it. So this is like my first, I guess, cognizant sort of, or conscious listening to it. Um, Definitely didn't know what to expect with the title. It's kind of like, oh my God, lame. Um, Listen to it maybe three or four times. I actually kind of like it. Like, I feel like I can can look past the kookiness of the lyrics. Because the first time you listen to the lyrics and you're like, okay, what the fuck is he on? What is happening? But I feel like the more you listen to it, the more you're kind of like, well, I'm going to listen to the guitar this time. I'm going to listen to the drums this time. And it's so worth doing that because even the music in behind is like, I don't know, it's very jazz influenced. And I really like that because it seems, I don't know, it's, it seems imp- improvisational, but very together at the same time. And that kind of blankets the whole album, really. Well, because like, a lot of what he used to do, too, is like a lot of jam band type music. So that's why like a, def- a lot of it just like flows that like that, I guess. I have some notes that kind of like reflect that, too. But yeah, with this yeah. song, it is a really fun start to the album. I love it. It's just, it's just like especially that very jelly sounding bass line. I always really like that one to get everything started. Uh, the main harmonies scattered throughout this, like are scattered through like the stereo balance of the headphones. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, especially Zach, uh, Zappa's vocal panning too, because like his vocals kind of go all over the place to the left and right balance. Yeah. Like if you're listening on a speaker, you might not notice, but when you're listening to headphones, like you can hear his voice, voice kind of like waver and drift through like each headphone. So I, th- I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. It's not a bad thing at all. It's just like, I guess I never noticed until now. Um, but yeah, the, I, I believe this song is in the seven, eight time signature too. So that and the lyrical content is like a good indication of like that this album is going to be something a little proggy, something a little different, like different with like 20 underlines underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And like an upside down question mark. <laughs> yeah. You can definitely tell, as I mentioned in the beginning, like this was supposed to be like loosely based on a dream he had about being an Eskimo. <laughs> Yeah. And apparently he was leaving his house. Mom's, his mom's like, don't go to the concert. And then he gets into a fight with a guy, which we'll hear later. And then it yeah. ends up at a pancake breakfast on some parish. I mean. Weird. Yeah. I was kind of trying to follow the lyrics, but like I didn't want to sort of analyze them in depth. So this entire time I thought that Nanook was a dog. The entire time. Uh, I God, somebody has a dog named Nanook. I don't know if I know them or if I just heard this person. I don't remember, but yeah, it sounds like a dog name. So I yeah, would take it. yeah, yeah. Maybe he once had a dog named Nanook and just that's why it popped up in his dream or something like that. I don't know. Weird. Or maybe Dreams he just crazy. I don't know. Yeah, but just watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow. Yeah. I mean, those are words. To, those are words to live by. <laughs> I, I find the main riff is is easy as an earworm so even just having that that uh, don't you eat that yellow snow just over and over and it's just one of those that you hear it so much like don't eat yellow snow don't eat yellow snow yellow snow yellow snow eat the yellow snow <laughs> i was gonna say it, sh- it should work as a mantra of some sort <laughs> yeah exactly doing yoga to it what happens if you go to like a carnival, get like a yellow snow cone, and then just that triggers in your head and you just drop the snow cone, it drops in slow motion, splatters everywhere? <laughs> I was thinking of the <laughs> slow-mo too. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then like 
And then everyone at the picnic tables is slowly turning around and looking, and then a child starts crying. It's like, that was a perfectly good lemon snow cone. You ruined it. You're just like, but the, the, the huskies. Uh, uh. I, got, <laughs> just, I gotta go. I gotta go. It's like a series of like triggers are just like really popping your anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody writes a, uh, a sequel to this song about that. Supposing so, but I don't, I don't think that would work without Zappa being around. <laughs> All right, so we'll go on to song number two, and it, the cleanest, like, again, I feel like this is one long song because there's no real cut point to any song. Just goes right into song number two, Nanook Rubs It. What a, what a title. <laughs> so you mentioning that the, the voice is sort of panning and, and whatnot, I did mention that in this one. Um, I said the first thing that I notice is his voice. Just in general, I it's just... I don't want to say it's sultry because that's not really the way that it's like being portrayed, but I just really like the ability of like just males to sing very lowly without it being like baritone. You know what I mean? It like, I'm not sure at what level that vocal range is, but it's very pleasing to me. Anyone who's listened to the Mr. Bungle episodes, never Mike Patton goes low. It's just, it's, one of those, it's like, I just like bass, I guess, just in general. Yeah. But anyways, I noticed that first, uh, it does seem to be kind of all over the place with embellishments where he's sort of, you know, uh, trembling in his own voice and doing all this stuff, but it seems to fit and it seems to add to the wackiness of what I just heard and what I will be hearing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He, that happens a lot in this album and, how much of it's improvised versus how much he's purposely doing. I don't know. But the, yeah, the thing is like, you don't think twice about it because like, even if it was like accidental or improvised and not meant to be one way or another, it's like it's just owning up to it type thing. and just riding it. Like you're not, you're not trying to hide what you just did. You're just like, fuck it. That happened. Let's keep going. Yeah. Like if your voice squeaks, you're like, yeah, it adds to it. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It's like listening to Kurt Cobain sing his voice breaks all the time, but yeah. he made that into his career. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you can, you can, right. But yeah, this, the song picks up like thematically right away from yellow snow again, just transitions perfectly. That's for the next few tracks too, realistically, but I like the pacing of this one. It's, it's a lot slower, but there's a lot more of a story going on here. It's like this mm-hmm. looming kind of jazzy bluesy instrumental background kind of gives this weird sense that trouble is coming and given the lyrics, yes, trouble is indeed coming. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like we don't do lyrical analysis, but this shit is pretty straightforward and pretty easy to understand. I just want to jump on that comment. Uh, two of my notes say um, no room for imagined scenarios here. This is being slathered on for you. And Chris, please, a lyrical breakdown. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned a few things about the lyrics. I don't go like essentially the song. Uh, if you want me to break it down as quickly as I can. So Nanook is on his way wherever he's supposed to be going to a concert, I guess. And then a fur trapper beats the shit out of a baby seal. It's like, you son of a bitch. So they get into a fight. They rub piss and shit on each other's yeah. eyes. <laughs> I got that. And then the fur trapper wins and Nanook's been defeated, I'm guessing, by the end. So like that's yeah. that's the story. But like oh, it's explained in detail which i actually made a i'm just trying to look ahead in my notes here uh oh yeah i'm not usually huge i'll just read this verbatim i'm not usually huge on songs that have a strict storybook style to uh, talking to it but it's too entertaining to dislike yes i definitely agree that i know that i've complained various times before with lyrics that are like okay you're you're saying it. then she I, i've made fun down. of joni mitchell for the same thing yeah, oh my fucking god So she walks down the street and she turns to the left. It's like, okay, I get it. But this, it just, 
I don't know, it's too comedic to take seriously, whereas other songs are being like presented to you as more serious. So that's what's kind of, to me, that's kind of what's annoying about it. But if you know that it's supposed to be ridiculous and you lean into the ridiculous, yeah, I'll take it. That's fine. Well, yeah, because like these lyrics are like really cartoonishly violent. Like the entire <laughs> song, like something violent is happening at every point. Like right in the beginning, he's beating on my favorite baby seal. <laughs> oh yeah, the sound yeah. effects are all over the fucking place <laughs> in the song too. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I definitely did not expect those. There's a lot to love about the lyrics, but I especially like the uh, the lead filled snowshoe part with like the wavery, like kind of lead vocals, the background harmonies, and then the peekaboo part. Peekaboo! Like, I, I I love shit like that. I love how they just, yeah, as you said, they just kind of lean into it. It's great. And even speaking on, the, on behalf of the lyrics too, just like when he goes like, I pounced, bam, I pounced again, bam, bam. Like this is his version of James Brown saying, hit me. Yeah. When Jane Brown says hit me, the orchestra goes, Dah, hit me again. Dah, hit me two times. Dah, dah. Yeah. Like pounce is now Frank Zappa's thing. And like, it, yeah, it's hard to know what to say with the music because there's just, it, it's very chill and smooth. But at the same time, like, yeah, there's like a lot of weird things going on with the instrumentals and sound effects and everything like that. Just things being thrown in everywhere. So all I could really say after all of that was like, I really need an animated version of this song in like a Ren and Stimpy style. But uh, but yeah. with no association, to jo- no association to John Kay, though, because he's a fucking terrible person. But if someone can draw in that style, that'd be fantastic. I guess I guess a more innocent way of looking at it, it's like in SpongeBob style. OK, uh, I won't ask the story. I will Google whatever it is that whatever implication was there john kirk felucci just look up that name and controversy like on wikipedia that's all you need Excellent. to do uh, better better not be gross um well, it's, <sighs> it's i mean gross, gross depending on how you look at it uh i mean yes are gross things but it's maybe not as like horrific as you might say but it's still fucking bad it's terrible mm. it's not it's like f- it's not like ian Watkins, so don't worry about that it's not like <laughs> good me fucking ruined one of the albums I liked. I can't even listen to it ever again. Anyways, um, I guess my really last note that you haven't really said, uh, I noticed that the bass kind of feels like the spine of a book, right? Where it's it's there consistently. It's keeping everything together. And if it wasn't there, the fucking pages would be everywhere. I don't know if I would be able to follow all the sound effects, all the sort of tangents and divergence and everything if that steady bass line or like just the bass wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so uh, much just like it's her squealing and ah. it's it's that and the drums that kind of like are yeah. the only real consistent things in the track because everything else kind of bounces all over the place. Yeah. Is it like a bush thing where it's like the drums and the bass and the the Oh, This is way different, though. That was a whole different kind of scenario of just like, that's all they knew how to do versus like, this is just doing well for this song. So it's like, okay, I I, I like this. This is fine. It it doesn't really do that for the rest of the album. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. Fair enough. There's not really much to complain about, to be honest. No, not really. there's, There's too many entertaining things happening instrumentally and vocally for me to want to say too many bad things about the album. Granted, I will if things come up. I'm not going to be super biased <laughs> about it, but at the same time, if I'm legitimately liking it, I'm going to say nice things about it. Yeah, yeah. 
So again, as if there was no transition at all, we'll go into song number three, St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast. So this is definitely, I think, past the Nanook Dream and into the commercial for Imperial Margarine. <laughs> of all things to write a song about, you just see a commercial, he's like, hey, you know what? Get, give, me, get my pen and paper. <laughs> oh my God. That's the kind my dad used to buy. And then we used to store leftovers in the container. We, we did that too. Uh, I don't know if this is strictly <laughs> for Imperial, but it was for a margarine of sorts. I don't know. But regardless, yeah, yeah. so San Alfonso's Pancake yeah. Breakfast, what I, another title I just absolutely love. Um, I, I want to start off by saying, can we appreciate what an absolute pain in the ass it must have been for the opening staccato, like synth horn line, that how hard it must have been to nail down all throughout that intro it's really great stuff like is you can hear a synth but then you can hear like a staccato horn as well so like that kind of stuff can't be easy to nail down in one or two takes like that must have taken forever yeah someone passed out and then a replacement came in oh yeah zappa would just be like next <laughs> he's not exactly <laughs> an asshole but he door. he's not an asshole but he knows what he wants done in the studio so i mean like yeah. you got to give it to him or you're not on the album that's that's simple as that yeah yeah um, it's kind of funny with this song too. It's too bad that the bass line is a little quieter on this track because it's doing some pretty great stuff in the background. It's just not as there. And I really enjoyed the bass's like kind of old school muddy tone, I guess. Like it's not a really super clean sounding bass, but I still really like that. Yeah. It's like a classic rock type tone mixed with like all these kind of jazzy style riffs. So I don't know. I think that's really cool. Uh, I did mention the growling bass sounds very nice. I think it was maybe, well, I mean, it's only like a two minute song, but I think about halfway, I could hear it a little bit more. It kind of came out a little bit. Um, but again, I was waiting for this song to end so I could write a review and ended up halfway through the next one before I realized, because this, this is really where it happened more than once because I'm like, it's only like two minutes. How am I? Oh my God, I'm two minutes into the next one. <laughs> Holy shit. So the the transition, very nice. The way that they cut it for the streaming services is actually pretty good because when you're listening to the songs individually, like you hear a little snippet of the old song at the beginning, but as it's playing, there's no like jump, no anything. So I like that. I yeah, imagine yeah. listening to it on on vinyls kind of the same or is there like a skip no. like a no it's no. just all one eh? you could listen to side a the, I, the only difference that comes up is when you get to cosmic debris because yeah. at the end of father oblivion like it fades out and then cosmic debris starts so really as i i've already been saying like it sounds like you're listening to one long like yeah. 10 what seven or ten minute song uh, like so that. yeah like it, you, when you're listening on vinyl you don't even think about it like you're just listening to like a really all over the place zany ass track yeah i, li I like that i like that a lot um i yeah, i found he, that he knows what he wanted on the album so yeah and there's speaking of there's quite an array of different instruments but like i feel that was <clears throat> sort of more accepted in the 70s maybe coming out of the basicness of like the 50s and 60s sort of rock and roll where the 70s are like you know let's exper experiment more and you know drugs um but i don't, I don't know think that... zappa did drugs though if i'm not mistaken really? he, did, I, he was a wino but uh, i don't know i can't be certain if he did drugs I, I i could be wrong he might be one of those musicians though i think he said no i, I wouldn't touch drugs really no like 
no LSD, no mind benders. I, I can't be a hundred percent certain. So if someone in the comments knows, please let me know. But yeah. as far oh, as I'm concerned, I don't think he was, he was a wino. He, he loved that. But yeah. that was, that's about it. Wow. Okay. That, what a creative motherfucker then. Well, and also, Ooh, I don't know if you know who Captain Beefheart is, but like yes. he, he took heavy inspiration uh, after Captain Beefheart and he even worked with him on uh, the album Bongo Fury. So yeah, yeah. like uh, you, you can kind of see where some of this craziness kind of came in. I, uh, I've seen Zappa play Zappa, which is a band, I guess, led by his son, Dweezil. Um, and, uh, they played a Captain Beefheart song, some electricity or something. That doesn't surprise me because chances are Frank Zappa played it. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I heard that then, uh, only song I've ever heard by him, but, um, but yeah, I, I really liked sort of the array of instruments and I was kind of likening all that to, other bands that were kind of doing stuff like that, you know, like Zeppelin had whatever the, I don't know. I don't listen to Zeppelin. Please don't at me. Um, But I know that they, you know, what Jimmy Page and the bow on his guitar and just sort of stuff like that. I really liked that. It was definitely innovative at the time. And this just sort of bumped that innovation forward, you know? Well, if we're, if we're going to do 10%, let's do a hundred. So I, uh, I do think this type of music does take a little to get into, but I know my dad would be proud of me for having listened to an entire album. So, and I like it so far. So, I mean, yeah. Probably. You got to let him know. It's just like in a quick message, like, Hey, heard a by Frank Zappa. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Not even watch the podcast. Cause I mean, if I'm going to tell him something, I'm going to get money from it. Yeah, get some views. And this, and is tur- <laughs> this is where he turns it off. Yeah. Cause now he's being used as a pawn. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she just put you in checkmate how does that make you feel <laughs> Come uh, on, and then, Dad. then he pulls pulls out his will and just erases my name off it i like i like the idea that it's probably like printed with full link on it and everything like that and he's scribbling it out on a legal <laughs> document it's like you can't do that yeah and it's not even the tape whiteout; it's the actual like liquid paper I was hoping it was a tape one because that one looks even worse than the. I, I, I think the liquid looks way wor- uh, better than the tape. Oh, yeah. Do you end up pulling the tape off if you try and do it a second time? Kind of. I mean, like, it's so stupid. But, anyways, yeah, anyways. here we go. Tangent City, right? Yeah. Uh, on a very short, because this is a very short album. So, like, we, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to do this on these types of episodes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for a song that's only a minute and 50 seconds, that's all it is. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to take in in this one overall. I mean, and that's the thing is a sign of a good songwriter is having a song this short, but having a lot of replay value just to catch, like, every layer and little nuance that you may have missed. Yeah. And it, it's a very fun track to listen to. So, it's not like you complain about listening to it twice. Yeah, and I really like the the glockenspiel or whatever at the beginning. I like that a lot. It's very tropical. So I'm kind of imagining like him at a diner, but where everybody's wearing like Hawaiian shirts, like some sort of Jimmy Buffett kind of deal. Yeah, Just, yeah. So it's a that was a pleasant image. Pleasant image. Well, we're not done with the imagery yet because we're on mm-hmm. the final part of this buttery dream about an Eskimo <laughs> song number four, father oblivion. I guess it's supposed to be an Irish style name, but whatever. We already did. Welcome oblivion. Lanterns. No, 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 <laughs> no. And no. Kim Mitchell des- deserves like to be hung for that one. <laughs> so many, there's just that one. And just, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of his songs I don't like, but I don't want to make enemies today. So no thanks. Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Kim Mitchell. I know you're watching. Sorry. 
Stop being so cocky and don't ever play patio lanterns again. There, old man, I told you. See, I'll be the one to do it. It's fine. <laughs> Alrighty then. So song number four, Father Oblivion. Go you first, it. please. Okay, I suppose oh, I'll do first, it. You first, you first, you uh, first. This song is just jam-packed full of exciting instrumentals. Like, yeah. from the word go, like... It just you get the like cascading, like descending, like scales and everything like that. So that's really cool, and just yeah, very very quick pace of this song. So it gets over pretty quickly. It's only two minutes, eighteen seconds long too. Yeah. But like songs like this just make me realize like how how hellish it must have been to record this because there's so much going on and it's all so tightly done as well. It's just a fantastic display of like mus- musicianship and creativity. But like, oh my God, the rehearsals that must have gone into doing this, like, it's just, it's so much, because there's so much happening in the background just to be on top of it at all times. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to think about. And like, I've heard albums do this before, obviously, and like, there's tons that do this kind of stuff, but even back then when you didn't have computers to like help perfect you in anything or to, help, to kind of like lean on for practice, you just kind of had to do it yourself. Like, and you're doing it onto analog tape. Holy shit. Um, I do want to ask, cause I'm, I, think i missed it at the beginning who is this produced by produced that's a great question i can look that up right now while you tell me your points all right um so my first one is just i like this one um i do find that the guitar is sort of like a back a background voice a backing voice it doesn't really seem like it's just playing guitar riffs it's kind of playing along with the vocals and i like that a lot it's just adds more depth to it um i (laughs) one of my notes just says how do i even describe the part of the song i like because when there's so much going on i can't say after the first verse or the pre-chorus because like i can't discern what's what right yeah so i'm i'm just trying to i guess articulate what i liked about it um i it kind of sounds like a moderately clean guitar tone approaching what I guess is the bridge part in the middle where it kind of slows down. Uh, I really like that tone. And as soon as he starts singing, good morning, your highness, that's my favorite part. Just the hitting of the, the ride, just the way that it ends. I could just play that end 27 seconds over and over. And it just, it's, I don't know what it's called, if it's called anything, but sometimes when I listen to certain things, it just like gives me like the shivers or gives me yeah, stumps yeah. in the back of my brain. Just that little part at the end of the song is like, oh, it's so nice. It's so nice as, I, as I'm having some sort of seizure. <laughs> so I like that. I liked it a lot. It, what's interesting about that part too is just like even prior to that when it's doing the buildup of like talking about the pancakes themselves they're so bright and, bright and yeah, fluffy white yeah. where it's a fortune by tonight they're so light and fluffy brown they're the finest in the town yeah. it, it does that a bunch of times and then goes into that then ending portion this, but yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it. it's, it's a style of music that I I again geographically terrible for naming music styles so I'm not even going to bother but it's uh, definitely beyond North American I'll say that much yeah oh I like it I like uh, it a so, lot just backtracking about the producer. Yeah. Uh, I, I should have just looked on the back of the vinyl because I'm holding the damn thing here. <laughs> it says produced, arranged, and struggled with Frank Zappa. Ah, okay. Because uh, you also, were talking about being particular. I was wondering if he did this all himself. Oh, yeah. And I, as I said, he, like he knew what he wanted in the studio. So he's definitely going to like, you know, 
push for it. I yeah. just like this this top line below the songs here. It just says, this is an album of songs and stories set to music performed for your dining and dancing pleasure by Frank Zappa and some of the people he likes to record with. And then it just it lists, like, literally all of this here is just people's names that appeared on this album. Dang. That's a lot of people. I like it. But yeah, he is he self-produced the album, so there you go. Cool, cool. That's not surprising at all. Alrighty then, so I guess we'll uh, move on from there. This, that song fades out, so the, that four-song pack there is finally over, and next yeah. comes the uh, the other single on the album, song number five, Cosmic Debris. I thought that... I Okay, again, I don't know if he did drugs. We're not completely sure, not like we can find out. Well, I guess we could find out, but, you know, people are liars. <laughs> um but I feel like this song is like Steely Dan with less precision and far more LSD. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Um, the sound effects, they definitely make me smile because I did not expect them. Even with songs prior, I, I thought maybe that would go with the story. But then this one, I'm like, oh, this is like a, a running theme. This is a thing. And uh yeah, I actually kind of liked it. It's I don't know, sometimes it can be lame, but like I said, if you can lean into the humor you're giving, like why not? Just shoot for the moon, baby. And it was yeah, it's interesting that this so- song is like a whole other story as compared to the first four that we heard that kind of interconnected all together. Yeah. And this one's just about someone trying to scam you and then you end up scamming them and stealing all the shit. <laughs> I do- Maybe I didn't listen to the lyrics, but I like the way you present that. <laughs> that that's literally in a nutshell. Like this guy is like, hey, I got this like this crystal ball and this shaving kit that can do whatever the hell you want. And like, yeah. you're just going to give me your time and your money. And then Zap is like, okay, I'm going to hypnotize you and I'm stealing all of your stuff. And by the way, I'm having sex with your wife. Oh my God. That's literally the lyrics <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, and so by okay. the way, I have it pulled up on my phone here just real quick. Um, the, the Frank Zappa read uh, a subreddit at the very least. Yeah. And it's like, the question was, where does Zappa stand on drug use? We all know our main man, Frank Zappa, opposed the use of any and all drugs with the exception of caffeine, nicotine, and the very occasional alcoholic beverage. Wow. So, yeah, I know he smoked a lot. He drank wine. And, yeah, obviously, I mean, I guess coffee is easy enough to get into. Yeah. So, apparently, he, yeah, just wasn't into that shit. Like, I, I, he doesn't care if you do it. He just didn't want to do it himself. Yeah, yeah. But knowing that, it's like it completely changes sort of the way that I would think of his creative process. Like that was just, that was just stored in his sober mind. Like it wasn't brought on by anything. It was just, it was there the whole time. The fuck? Yeah. And I I do know aside from like Captain Beefheart, and as I mentioned, like he got into like classical jazz, rhythm, blues, doo-wop. He also uh, really started when he was in high school, I believe he started enjoying like um, avant-garde and experimental music of the time back when like those musicians were considered composers. Yeah. And not just musicians. So like he enjoyed that because it was just so out of the norm and everyone hated it at the time. But he's just like, this is, this is someone taking a chance and being like really fearless about it. So I like this. And so you can see he obviously incorporated that kind of stuff into his music. Well, yeah, yeah. maintaining like more of a rock kind of bass, but then just kind of sprinkling stuff on top of it. Dang. That's awesome. But yeah, with, uh, with this one, like this is where you really know that Zappa has like a good lower register. It's even lower than the other song. Like it's just, I know you knew, I know I knew that. Very first line, sultry vocals already. 
Before I read another note for this song, I actually kind of want to make a note of that too, because to anyone else listening to who's listened to Zappa might already know this, but there, there was a concert. Uh, I want to say it was in 74, 75 Zappa was attacked on stage and he was knocked off stage and fell 14 feet down to a concrete, like orchestral oh, pit. And it injured him in so many ways. It fucked him up a lot. And later after that, like while still recovering, he recorded, wrote and recorded the album uh, Zoot Allures, which I also have on vinyl. That's another fantastic album. But his voice is so different and so much lower in that album because oh. of the injuries he sustained. So if you listen to that, like the song Find Her Finer, for example, like you'll, it's a very quieter, kind of shaky, lower voice. But like mostly everything on that album is lower tone because of his injuries. Oh shit. Like, did it ever go back to normal or is that just um, how it was? It, it kind of did, but it's hard to judge because kind of after Zuta Lord, he started leaving vocal stuff to other musicians and oh. to the point where like throughout his career, he, his, his music became more jazzy. He got other people to sing for him and then he became a composer and just like played like orchestral, weird zany orchestral type music because that oh, he was shit. like directing. So maybe that changed his path. I can't be too dead on about the timeline, like off the top of my head. But yeah, like I just wanted to mention that because the lower register in this song is really cool, but it sounds different going forward in his discography. Yeah, it it, it did for the most part, I think, kind of go back. But I I can't be entirely certain. I'd have to like reread that part. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, this is a super chill song. Very steady flow and just kind of like easy going, continuing kind of groove like how we had earlier in the album. But granted, the song before this was like much faster and kind of hyper. So like, this is like a sudden like slow down point, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I love all the weird little instrumental fills in this track. After like at the end of each phrase in the verse, it's like an old time radio that used like so many sound effects just to tell a story. And I I really like when he does that. Again, yeah. it kind of reminds me of uh, Nanook rubs it with just like those weird sound effects that pop up. But this one's like even more so like at the end of every phrase there was some sort of fill or sound effect yeah i i mentioned the amount of instruments in this one i'm like organ horns marimba i'm like it seems fresh but familiar so i don't know if it's just because i like the sound of those or if just the beginning of this side was like here's everything so by now i'm like oh okay this is this is what i expect right um I found that the chorus had like, I, I guess the chorus, like when the, uh, the female sing the voice comes in, um, the chorus has like a weird stumbling feeling like they're rushing to get all the words in at the beginning, but the second time around they do, I guess, appropriate amount of syllable syllables. So I found that the first line kind of put me on edge because I'm like, this doesn't sound right. But then the you second time like, with that cosmic debris. <laughs> yeah. And then the second time it like hits it on the beat. And I'm like, ah, oh, this feels better. And Don't then it does it again. Waste your time on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it it's like a push and pull with my expectations and my emotions in a way. Um, and my my last note for this one is the the guitar solo to me, it kind of felt unexpected. But just in a way that I just didn't think there was going to be one, I guess. So when I heard it and it was, wasn't in the background, it was so upfront. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. But I just seemed slow enough. I didn't think it was going to be there. Then when it showed up, it was like the Kool-Aid guy busting through the wall. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it wasn't one of the more outstanding uh, solos on the album. Not saying it was bad, but just like out of any of the other ones on this album, this one probably stood out the least to me. Mm-hmm. But it, it was still fine, whatever. It was nice to have. And even like on that note too, the last tra- uh, quarter of the track kind of picked up the energy a little more and like it was a nice pickup to kind of cap off the entire song because like it did that last verse and it was like it felt like it had a little more energy to it. It had better kind of like it wasn't as slow feeling at that point. So that was really cool. But I will say, like, overall, I, I don't think I was super into this song. I don't think I ever have been. Granted, I wouldn't mm-hmm. skip it if it was on. Like, it'd yeah. be very rare for me to skip. But at the same time, I, I don't know. Like, I, Cosmic Debris is okay, but I wouldn't choose to listen to it. No, you wouldn't You wouldn't skip to get to the song? No. I would. Li- chances are I would listen to the first four and then go right to the next song, which we'll get into in a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like, again, like I would not skip it. Like I, I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to like go on my phone, press a button. If it plays, it's going to play. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with listening to it. I don't hate it. Yeah. But just, I don't know. I wouldn't choose to listen to it. I wouldn't put it into a playlist. Let's say that much. Fair, fair enough. I have said that about at least 40 dozen songs. So. <laughs> Exactly. That's more of your thing, but now I gotta take a little bit from that just to emphasize my point. Yes, understood. And also, four sixteen, like it's a uh, one of the. Uh, I was gonna say one of the longer songs on the album, but it's. I, I guess it is because there's a lot of short songs on this one too. Yeah. But the the two longest songs are still coming up. Hmm. I I I want to say something, but I'm like I don't want to ruin it. So. Yes, they are. What about the out. album as a whole, or uh, no? Song? It's just oh, this song's coming up, and I'm like, oh, say what you think of it now, and I'm like, no, you still have like three songs to go. Don't don't spoil it. Don't ruin it now. Well, we're at, we're flying through this right now because I mean, yeah. there's only nine songs on the album, and we're going on to song number six, Eccentrical oh. Fours. <laughs> uh, I've heard the song too many times to not get that correct. Oh yeah, I I had to listen to the song to know how to say it. Eccentrical Fours. Um, it sounds quite space-like, and I don't know if that's a kazoo at the beginning. It would not surprise me. Um, for this one, I wish I was on drugs. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of panning with the effects and delay, and the guitar kind of feels like an, it creates an expansive feeling where it's just like, I don't know, things are just shooting off. And that kind of adds to my thought of like being in space where you're getting like shooting stars and just everything is kind of moving around you. Yeah. Um, I only have a couple, couple more. So I'm going to blast through the rest of my notes. Um, I'm sort of with the whole sort of imagery. Uh, I'm imagining Zordon of the Power Rangers, but it's Frank Zappa instead. That would be interesting. Yeah. So I got that. Um, I found the drums are like, they're really jamming back there and it's really fun to focus on them. And my last note said, I like this one. Your turn. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up right from the, the drumming note there. Cause I did know that. Yes. Excellent drumming oh, in this yeah. song. Fantastic. It doesn't stand out sonically, but it's perfect for the flow of this song. The volume yeah. of it's still like there. So it's like not punching right through your headphones or anything. It's just super smooth. Like if I say flat, I mean like in a spread out kind of way, not flat as in like, it's boring. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's like, it's not, I don't know. I'm explaining this in a really dumb way because it's not even sound expansive, like kind of spreading, but just 
I don't know. It, it just feels like it's encompassing the entire picture and it, it feels right to be there and how it sounds and how it's like composed as well. Like it's hard to explain because it's like, you know, I don't really know much about drumming. Other Would than you say that it like it, it's covering the whole horizon kind of thing where you're. Yes and no. It, Cause again, it's not super expansive in that way. It's, it, it's hard to explain how I feel about it and see it in my head. But just regardless, the tone of it's right. It's doing the right things. It's not just your basic ta ta ti ti ta type drums. So I mean, like it, it's it's a lot of fun to listen to, and I really enjoy it for that. Yeah, it is such an odd track overall, but I mean that's not a bad thing considering what we've listened to up to this point. And you know, obviously, I like odd music, hence why I chose the album in the first place. Yeah, and like it's 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 funny because the song is what a minute thirty three seconds, so the shortest mm-hmm. song on the album, but it has yeah. it has a bunch of interesting ideas kind of scattered throughout the entire thing, and I just love how it's generally fairly like smooth and chill all the way through. Like it doesn't go too crazy, it doesn't try to fit way too many ideas in at once. Although I feel like Frank Zappa's probably the man to do that and can get away with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, like it's not a bad song at all. I really, I always really enjoyed this one critically maybe didn't enjoy it as much as i do on casual listens where like this song is so short simple and fun that i can listen to it a billion times and not get sick of it yeah but yeah i don't know it's, it's just because maybe there wasn't too much going on it felt like more of uh what's that word called song that transitions one to the other uh interlude interlude there you go i i had to ask you that last week <laughs> and i i know what an interlude is i just had a brain fart there for a minute but yeah the, the yep. song this feels like a very entertaining interlude to me which is again not a bad thing but again like it's not like in huge impact on the album type thing yeah yeah i get that all right so let's move on to the title track of the album song number seven apostrophe Oh, okay. I I don't have a lot of notes, but they are sort of lengthy and wordy. Um, I can hear Aerosmith playing this first riff. Just as soon as it starts, it just I it's maybe it's the guitar tone, maybe it's the analog recording, the 70s vibe. It's just definitely getting that. Um, I really like that this one is instrumental, so I can kind of get a break from the wildness that is this com- this compelling storytelling. So it's kind of like this breath of fresh air, or you know, someone someone um, kind of giving a speech, and then they stop to take a a glass of, a sip from a glass of water, and you're just like, oh, thank God they shut up for a second, <laughs> and then then after the glass, after the song, you know, they start talking again. But it was it was nice. I didn't expect an instrumental track. Um, the first couple of listens, I didn't really like how the soloing guitar seemed hidden behind the other guitars overdrive. But after a while and I did listen to this album a couple times, about three um, after a while, it was sort of interesting to have to kind of dig for it. And I don't know, it wasn't given to me easily either time I listened to it, but it was kind of nice to sort of follow it while ignoring what was directly in front of me, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair too, I think the song was an improvised jam. I don't think this is an actual song to be written. You, this doesn't, this isn't something that you write this song. You don't yep. write this song. Yep. And I, one of my notes, this says, this feels like a true jam. Uh, not one of those pre-written for album types of jams. I love that they just went for it and kept it in. 
that that was my next note. It's a jam session, but it doesn't drag with one idea for long enough for me to find it annoying. No, and it's actually pretty interesting because, yeah, like it starts off on like the bass taking the lead and then the guitar kind of comes in with the lead and then they kind of just all do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> like they're all yeah. just going in different directions. Like there, there's a there's a uh, there, there's a phrase for that a, a word for instrumentals that don't like just follow harmony or like aren't like mm-hmm. playing so closely with, with each other. But everything they do kind of fits together. I don't know. There's there's a word for it. And I just can't think of it. But this yeah. song is that like that's it's just like a bunch of guys in the studio just jamming and they happen to press record on the, the analog tape deck. And this is what it came out with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the buzzy bass too. I love the t- the tone of the bass on this one. A lot buzzier than the rest of the album. It's just another great use of that muddy tone that it's been using so far in this album. So it's fantastic. And yeah, the the Zappa guitar madness. I'm always here for it. Uh, the guy is a fantastic guitarist, and he he's not even like he's super technical because like you if you listen to his other solos, you can kind of hear like these like little dead notes or like just weird notes or like sounds that you know, a super technical player wouldn't do. But at the same time, like, he's still very intelligent with what he does, very jazzy in his solo. So, like, there's not really a mistake to be made. Mm-hmm. And what he does just fits the mood really well. It's just a lot of fun just kind of going along with it. Like, so, yeah, Frank Zappa, excellent guitarist, and I, I love his solos. Like, a lot of fun. That's all I can really say to break it down in simplest terms. And I actually, my first note, realistically, I should have read first. I came for the Zap album and I stayed for the awesome jam session. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't expect that at all. Um, but I mean, I feel like it kind of up until now, I didn't know what to expect when each song would start. So, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised at yeah. that at all. Like it could have just been a dog howling and I go, oh, OK, very artistic. Nice choice. <laughs> You know? Yeah, fit it in somewhere, I guess. Yeah. Wasn't there a Pink Floyd song off the metal album that just had a dog like howling in the background while they're they quietly play guitar or something like that? I can't remember. But yeah. Just, I don't know, but it would not surprise me. I, I almost feel I have the metal album on vinyl and I know that song. I just don't listen to it often because that dog gets kind of irritating after a while. <laughs> it's literally the whole song. Oh fuck. <laughs> Um, the only other note, like I said, it's maybe a little long, but I honestly don't mind because of how fun the jam is. It's like nearly six minutes, five minutes, 50 seconds. Yeah. Uh, like listening to it critically, like it's, it's easy to see how time can feel a little slower on this one, but if you're just listening to it, like it's no problem at all. It's a lot of fun. There's always something happening and just, I don't know, a lot of fun. I I do have the same note for my last one. Um, It felt too long until the opening riff was played again. And then it kind of felt like it it sort of bookended parts where each part sort of started with that riff. So it felt like after the beginning part, I was like, oh, this is kind of getting a little bit, you know, long, a little tiring. They played the riff again. It was like they turned the page in the book. I'm like, oh, we're, we're looking at a new page. This this is fine. And then before I knew it, the song was over. <laughs> so it felt long, but didn't at the same time. Just depends on how you look at it and how you're listening to it, I guess. Yeah, it redeemed itself. Speaking of redeemed, that's a, one of the words in the next song. I know that's kind of a weird, vague note to pull out, but... I- <laughs> 
I mean, it's the only time he says redeem in the entire album. Number eight, Uncle Remus. Uh, I'll just start off by saying, like, the excellent use of piano in this track. Works super well. Love it. Sounds fantastic. It's an awesome and welcome addition. And this is possibly the best sing-along song on the entire album. I mean, the lyrics are pretty easy to pick up on. The melody is fantastic. And just it's just a funky type of track all around. It's just a lot of fun. I think I listened to this one, like, five times before I wrote a single word. But Mm -hmm. to be fair, I've been listening to this album for quite a while, because obviously I've known about it for a while. So, I mean, every time the song comes on, I I have the exact same reaction of just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And I'll really only have one more note because it's only two minutes and 50 seconds. So it's a pretty short song. Uh, the guitar solo in the middle is a great take on the vocal melody. Like it works really well to keep the motif of the song going and just makes it feel fresh at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, like the guitar solo is essentially the vocal melody, but just like super embellished. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that. It makes everything flow pretty well. So it's kind of like, like Mariah Carey's vocals, but in guitar where it's just, there's just so, so much. Not, I would say no, only because there's there's no whistle range. I would say Christina Aguilera. Uh, she did okay. the vocal gymnastics. Okay, yes. And this is like guitar okay. gymnastics, so like I, like I would definitely say Christina Aguilera. It gets off stage and just ices his hand. He's like, and then puts a puts like a one of those uh, what are they called? What those big? You inflate them and then you beat each other. Sock and boppers. That's it. That's it. Then you put one in your hand to preserve your hand. That's what I imagine that they did for him. Or he like the Zoolander case where they have the for the hand model. He's got the big glass dome <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that, but like a bubble. Um, yeah, I I don't have too too much for this song. Obviously, it is fairly short, like you said. Um, after repeat listens, I'm still kind of unsure how I feel about this one. It wasn't my favorite, uh, but I did like the image in my head that I kind of gave it where it sounds like he's playing with the house band at a bar in like Louisiana. So he just like gets up with his guitar and then they just play with him. And you got the piano and everything kind of sounds a little bluesy, kind of jazzy. I like that a lot. Um, I do uh, shout out to the drums. They sound very tight and they keep things moving as the solo is blasting on top. I think the drums are fairly un. I don't know how they're rated on this album, but just from our review, I feel like they're slightly underrated. Um, The more I was listening to it, the more I was definitely digging them, even though they could just do the same thing. Little fill here, little fill there. It was perfect for what it needed to be. That was awesome. I like that. And I found that this song felt a little longer than it actually is, only because I don't think there was... How you say that it, it's catchy, I don't know if it really got me in that way. So. That's so strange because I felt the exact opposite. Like, the yeah. song hooks me every Surprise. time. It's it, it's just so fun. There's not, like, a ton going on, but, like, there is still enough yeah. to kind of keep you interested. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's always been one of my favorites on the album. And also, just a quick note, Spoiler. there are four drummers on this album, so I don't know which oh. one of the drummers did this song. Dang, dang. So this is kind of like a Steely Dan thing where you got one or two people that are in charge and they're like, all right, bring them in, audition, and if we like you, what you play goes on the album. If we don't like you, next. Yeah, your audition is literally a song going on the album, like on the spot. Oh, yeah. Well, I just kind of a side note, I was watching, I think there's like this songwriters thing or I don't know, for Steely Dan, and they were 
doing the guitar solo for the song Peg. And they went through so many people until one person came and literally just played what ended up on the album. I don't know if they ended up playing it more than once to get it recorded, but straight up just played that. And they're like, yeah, that was it done. And it's like, that's, that's wild to have that much, not control, but I guess that much of a creative vision that you are so confident that you can do this. You're the one running the rehearsal, like running the auditions yourself instead of having someone filter it down for you. You're like, no, this is mine. And you have to be as good as I say, or that's it. You're done. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, if if you're good enough for it and you can kind of nail it down super quick, if like on, yeah, if you walk into an audition and it sounds that damn good, I mean, like, then yeah, you're going to be part of this very elite songwriting music musician like circle going on. Yeah. Hell yeah. But whether you know it or not, you're in there now. That's it. Someone. Okay. I could have this story asked backwards. It's not really a story. It's just kind of a note. I believe it's Steve Vai who auditioned for Frank Zappa and Zappa didn't take him. Yeah. So if that kind of gives you an idea, because like Steve Vai is a really good guitarist and I've seen him live and Zappa's just like, you're not a fit. You're not doing this. Yeah. Like you may be good, but was it Steve Vai? I don't remember. It was one of those like well-known guitarists that he like, they auditioned for Zappa and he's just like, nah, nah, you're, you're not coming in. Well, I mean, you could be a perfect chef, but I mean, if you're working in an Italian restaurant and you're a really renowned French chef, you're just not going to fit in right there, at least. So, Strangest French dish I've ever had. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the finale of the album song number nine, the longest song in the album too, Stinkfoot. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I thought this was going to be like some sort of euphemism or whatever. No, he's pretty straightforward with just... All of Couldn't it, get eh? his fucking boot off and his foot stinks. Oh my <laughs> lord. Oh my fucking god. Okay, so what I'm getting from this now, it felt kind of waltzy. So I tried counting it out. I don't, I'm terrible at that. I'm assuming it's like three, four, six, eight, or whatever. Um, but I felt like it was a jazzy rock waltz. And all all I get like in my head was kind of a waltz. You're like at a dance, you know, maybe like a prom. And then I, I just wrote down. It's okay. My dad can play the prom. He's a musician. And then you get Frank Zappa playing stuff like this. And it's like, as everyone's dancing, then they're kind of looking like, the fuck? (laughs) What is this? And he would literally be the adult there saying, hey, kids, don't do drugs. Yeah. (laughs) At the end, spay and neuter your pets. (laughs) Oh, God, he turns into Bob (laughs) Barker. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I actually kind of like this one. Um, at, like I said, at the beginning of this album, it was like, what the hell am I listening to? And b- by now, I'm just looking forward to the stories, like, through the song. I'm just like, one, okay, the, tell me more. Yeah, this one's like one of those uh, lyrical ones that are just being kind of spoken more than sung at most yeah. points. But there, there are some points that I just adore on this one. But, like, I, I, I only have, like, a couple of notes for this because the thing is, although as long as it is, like there's not too much to note because it's, it's a very slow progressing song where he's just kind of telling you about the problems of stink foot. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's, that's essentially what you're getting. I did write like, it's another kind of chill track to calm the energy down before like the end of the album and everything like that. And as it wraps up, so it's kind of a good touch. Uh, 
I feel like each instrument was given enough time in this song, uh, like enough of a face, I mean, in uh, in the song that you can appreciate what each one of them are doing. Nothing felt buried. Everything just kind of felt like they were all like standing side by side, essentially. So you kind of got equal facing of every instrument. So the fact that you just you can kind of hear everything going on sounds fantastic. Everyone's doing a great job. Just great production on it all together. Yeah. And. I really wonder how much of the song was improvised, like, lyrically. Because, I mean, the Fido part always makes me laugh. <laughs> I mean, you could tell that they really have fun with this track. Just, like, come here, Fido. Come here, little puppy. Bring the slippers. Arf, arf, arf. And then, like, Zappa literally laughs in the song. And then he's just, like, yeah. sick. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's having a great time. And you could tell. It's fantastic. Um, I really like the aside of, this is a dog talking now. <laughs> Like, like the fourth wall is being broken and he's just well aware how ridiculous this is. And it's like, you're, you're talking and they just kind of like look off to the side and wink at the camera. I love that. I, I had to go back a couple times and go, no, I liked it each time I heard him say it. Yeah. It's like that movie where the narrator's sitting in a chair, like reading from a book and they're just looking down at it. It's about to zoom in on the page to show you what's happening. But then it quickly pans back up to the narrator. This is a dog talking now. And then back down <laughs> to the book. The, the man looks at the dog and the dog looks at the man kind of in a disbelief. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I enjoy that. My my last note is just, I, again, I do like that the guitar is just noodling around in the background and it's not hidden. It's, I feel like it's not hidden in the forest of trees. All of those trees, there's enough space in between them that you can see through the forest to the other side. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're not trying to hide certain things in it. You can see everything. It's just some are farther away than others. And I find that kind of respectful and respectable where it's like, they're just, they're respecting each other and they're not, you sort of, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, I guess, because it was just one person sort of, you do this, you do this, this is how this is going to sound. This is what's in my head. Because if it was each musician sort of on their own with their input, I'm sure it would have turned out much, much differently, you know, egos, et cetera. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's nice that you can hear everything and there wasn't constant preference to one thing. Like, like Zappa's guitar isn't at the forefront all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the... the the short of it is very respectful, very respectable. Didn't think I'd like this album. God damn you, Chris. I'm pretty good for this, aren't I? <laughs> I hate you so much. When I pick up these albums, you're like, eh. And then at the end, you're like, oh. <laughs> One sound to the other. Two two different vowel sounds. Eh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I drag my I drag my feet listening to them because I'm like, oh, I don't I don't want to listen I don't to like new. this. Yeah, I don't want to listen to anything new. Like, can I just listen to the same Gin Blossoms album I've always listened to? Then I listen to this going, I'm going to listen to this tomorrow, aren't I? Fuck, I'm going to listen to this on my walk. I'm going to listen to this on my way to work. God damn it. Ah. You should yep. be happy for that, though. This show is introducing you to so many things. Uh, I know. I know. And there are still some of those uh, How to Destroy Angel songs. I'm like, oh, I like this. Okay. I like this. Even listening to Tomahawk's God Hates a Coward, I'm like, fuck, this song's on, like, literally on the list. Well, and it's so short, too, that you can just, like, blast through it pretty easy oh. and just be like, okay, we're cool. We're good to go. Oh, yeah. Again. 
And even if I don't feel aggressive, I still listen to listen to it going, ah, I feel better now. <laughs> I love it. Ah, I hate you. I hate you so much. The lyrics of that song are so crazy. If you just get past the uh, the gas mask megaphone yeah. vocals. Sounds great. But that's that that's that album. And we've done that before. And yeah. this is Frank Zappa's album for apostrophe. And that's the end of the album, actually. Yeah. Like, again, I know that's a longer song, but it's like it's hard to review that one. Just because, again, it's like a slower bit of a pace. But at the same time, there's just like. Just listen to the story. It's it's hilarious. The instrumentals aren't going crazy because it's letting the story be told. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I did not give it an F. Well, that's that's fair enough to say. Yeah. Alrighty then. But yeah, we are at the end of the album. So thank you very much for making to the end of the album with us. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about it. But more importantly, we hope that you listened to it too. And we know you likely have opinions on it. So make sure you let us know down in the comments below of wherever you're listening to. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, rate, share, follow, comment, all that kind of stuff. Musical community, build it up and let us know what you thought of Frank Zappa's apostrophe album. No matter where you are. It's all there's a comment section like pretty much everywhere, even on the audio platforms, I think. Yes, and say, wow, you guys are great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. But there's still more opinions to be dished out now because we have to get to part two of three of the podcast. Now we have to get to the song rankings. So I guess I'll with, with the magic of my editing hand, boom, above our heads, graphics have changed. There are names. There are numbers, not as many this time around, but there are indeed numbers. And they need some song titles next to them because we need to find out where everything places. So we are three consecutive weeks in a row of zero for whatever number. So before we uh, actually rank the songs here, I I feel it's only appropriate that I mention the last three weeks in a row, uh, we've been completely shut out. Uh, Zero for whatever, how many number for each album. Again, for the last three weeks, could this be week number four or can we, will Frank Zappa finally break something for us? I think we'll get one, at least one. You, you would figure that we'd have to buy now. Come on. Like it's, I keep saying, oh, the odds are in our favor. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, no, like seriously, <laughs> it's been four. This is the fourth week. We got to get at least one. I do have five check marks out of nine. Oh, no, so not check marks. Sorry. Question oh marks. Oh, my God. I'm like, holy shit. I don't really do check marks anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'll say like, yeah, uh, one. I, 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 it's hard to say two, but I, hell, yeah. let us prove that wrong right now, I guess. Yeah. So let's get started then. Song number nine for me, Cosmic Debris. Uh, Uncle Remus. I, I am just going to say I didn't hate all. I would not skip any. Um, it just they got to lay where they lay, right? Fall where they may. Huh, that's a frail state joke. I see my shirt, frailstate.com. Anyway, <laughs> song number eight, Eccentrifical Fours. Nanook rubs it. Named Nanook. Okay, number seven, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Stinkfoot. Dun, 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 dun. Number six, Friend. Apostrophe. Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Oof, the okay. one off. My, I am just not hopeful right one, now. One, two, only two left, that's it. <laughs> not hopeful. Number five, Nanook rubs it. Not hopeful. St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast. My number four is St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast. Cosmic Debris. All right, all right. Cosmic Debris. Number three, Father Oblivion. You, I hate you so much. 
eccentrifical force. It's eccentrifical force, you fucking degenerate. <laughs> Said I quit. Good. Oh! Now, n- number two, Stinkfoot. Uh, Father Oblivion. I like that song. That's good. Oblivion. And number one, Uncle Remus. <laughs> Apostrophe. Zero again. This uh well, I mean consistency in our inconsistency then, right? I feel like the last three albums, um, because they had more than nine tracks, uh, no excuse. Uh hello, past Savannah and Chris, you guys are terrible. Uh today there's only nine, so I feel like it's a little more easy to talk away because like what are the chances we're going to get nine of them? But on like an album where there's like 15. Yeah. What the hell is our problem, man? <laughs> did, on one of the Eagles, didn't didn't we do the Eagles and get like four? Wasn't that not the new record that beat Daughters? Yeah, but there were only so many good songs on there. It seemed kind of obvious. Regardless, though, that still like shattered the record. Not shattered, but it still broke the record. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. This is disheartening. I and we're approaching the end of the season too. We got. Is this how it's going to be all the way through? I know, we have right? two more shows. That's it. So next week is my pick, and I really, really hope that we get some matches on that, or else there may not even be a season three. Uh oh, new host because I'll go on without you. <laughs> but by the way, I'm keeping the website. No, no one needs <laughs> you anyways. Ah, whatever. Alrighty then. Well, that didn't work out too well for us. So, uh, hopefully no. your rankings out there look better or something along the lines of that. But now it's time to rate the record, just like the title Woo. of the show. So transition screens. Let's do that now. Bajing that way or that way. Oh man. Oh man. Here it is again. The album rating screen. Just so many albums all over the place. The B tier has got a whole other section now. And <laughs> last week, theory on secret of the runes. There it is planted firmly Below Mr. Bungle between Radiohead and Tripping Daisy. Mm-hmm. That was a Actually, request. I really, I really like that album. Thank you for, who was it, JP? JP. JP, yeah. He like left, us a, left a lot of comments on the videos, too. And yes, we saw them all and we responded to most of them. So yes, we do that, too. So we'll interact with you if you request an album. Trust me, we will. yeah. So uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say that's the highest requested album we've done so far, but then I forgot that Tomahawk ended up being a request. So yes, still though, pretty high rate up there rating. But now we need to find where Frank Zappa's big old face is gonna end up. I remember when this podcast first started in the first handful of episodes, we always mentioned <laughs> there was like a face. Up until uh, California by Bungle, I yeah. think it was like the first five or six episodes there. All faces. There's still tons of faces on there now. Yeah. Frank Zappas is about to be one of them. So we got to find out these scores. So, hey, Savannah, go first and tell me what you've scored this album. All right. Well, um, I'm just going to preface it with I did not think this was going to be my score, but with only nine songs on the album and none of them ultimate stinkers, uh, I got 75 on the nose. Not bad, I suppose. Not bad. Is that a B minus or is that just like a straight up B? Uh, that is just a straight B, like, yeah, middle of the field. Not too bad. That, that would be a 73.67 to 76.65, I believe, is the B range. Jesus Christ. Whereas me, on the other hand, um, 
obviously. I mean, it's no secret how much I love the album. I, I own the damn vinyl, and I praise it a whole lot. I rated this one an 85 on the nose, so 10 points above yours, divided by two, and that brings us to a dead even 80, which I believe, I believe we already have, no, I don't know, it's probably at the bottom of the A tier, I'm going to guess. Direct bottom, um, Primus was 80.22. Very close, but hey, you know what? Yeah. Zap in the A tier? I can live with that. I won't, I won't fight that at all. It's just it's it's so crazy to think that five out of the six of the eight year albums came from this season of the show, and Bungle was the only one to come from the previous season. Yeah, and you picked them all. Exactly, because I have I, I told you in the beginning I have better taste, and you've only confirmed it by helping bump up these albums. That's okay. People only know who you are because of me. That's fine and dandy. People know who I am now, so thank you for uh, I'm using you for clout now. A minus, uh, I don't really want to complain about that because it was indeed in the A tier, but we've yet to have an album go past A minus. But you know what? Frank Zappa hitting the dead even 80, just barely there. I, I can't complain about that. I love the album too much to naysay that. Mm-hmm. And because like it's never going to get knocked out of the A tier. It could be the very last, but he's always going to be there. So I'm cool with it. Unless some sort of weird redux happens one day and it goes down by zero, the point zero one, oh, God. and it just barely outranks Tomahawk. Oh. It's like, oh no, oh no, that's it. Scrap the show. Not worth it. Uh-oh. Can you imagine we reduxed an episode so badly that it actually changed an entire tier for an album? Like that would just that'd be oh, fucking God. wild. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But yes, that is where Frank's episode apostrophe has appeared on our list and we want to know where it's going to appear on your own personal list how would you have ranked this album so or rated this album because rate the record is what we do so yeah let us know over on social media and everything like that you know facebook instagram twitter tiktok wherever you want to go find it all at rate the record.ca just go there let us know what you thought let us know down in the comments below because remember you can like like share rate subscribe follow I, I went out of order there, completely lost my train of thought, but the idea is you know what to do. So do yeah. it just to, just so you know what I was saying, go ahead and prove that you, you understood. Yes. Yeah. Do all the things Chris just said in the order in which he said them. Even if they were kind of fumbled, still do it. But yeah, so thank you very much for joining us on this episode. We show, sure hope you had a great time. Sure hope you're going to come back for next week because next week is the second last episode of season two for this podcast. No worries. We aren't ending. We are just going to go on like a, a few weeks break. We'll be back in yeah. August. Like we're, yeah. we're going to July. Be back in August. It's all good. So yeah, make sure you join us because it's going to get fun and apparently pretty wild and crazy coming up. But I don't want to say too much because Savannah has a bit of a hint uh, like what we usually like to do at the end of these episodes about what we're doing next week. So in your best way possible, explain the band we'll be listening to next week. Okay. So I am just going to preface this and I do not expect anybody to be like, Oh yeah, I'm totally going to listen to that because I picked something that I, okay. I'm just going to be honest. I don't even have a spoiler this week. Um, this is an album that I found by accident. Um, I will tell the story next week um but i found this band while looking up a different band and uh it this album has definitely become one of my favorites it is the only one that they have released um i do know that the lead guitarist went on to play with david lee roth uh with his sort of solo thing 
Um, yeah, anything I say is just sort of going to take away from all of my uh, my banter for next week. But they're no longer together, very short-lived. And uh, the only thing I can say is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And I'm so excited. What oh, an I'm absolute so hint to go off. Oh, yeah. We're going to get like two views on this, but that's totally fine. That or this band so happens to have like one of the most niche and insane crowds on YouTube or any audio platform. They're just like, oh, my God, someone's actually talking about it. I know. I'm like that with Kevin Gilbert. I'm like, oh, my God. So, and then I'll watch it all the time because <laughs> I want to feel sort of like I'm part of that. So I'm hoping maybe that that's the case or maybe you know members of the band are like let's see what people are saying about this thing i did about us yeah and then this pops up and then you know worldwide sensation so one can only hope and uh they as a thank you for re like reigniting their fan base they they send you a five dollar voucher for their merch store oh that's (laughs) awesome their website has not even a free shirt a five dollar fucking voucher their website has been under maintenance for the longest fucking time. Oh, I'm just waiting for that to pop right up again. Oh, well, we we will be the catalyst for that from <laughs> in which they will take off from. But that is then. This is now. We're at the end of the episode. So once again, thank you very much for watching this one. We hope you have a great week and go listen to some awesome music like Frank yeah. Goddamn Zappa himself. Do it. And we will see you again real soon. So take care, friends. Bye bye.